For relaxing times, make it Suntory time. Welcome to Waffle On Podcast. Uh, my name is Simon Meddings. I'm Mark Kelly. And once again, we're doing this over Skype due to obvious restrictions, Cal. Yeah. It's, but do you know what? I can't even remember. When, how many times in the last year have we done this face-to-face? Once. Well, I think we did January and February. And then I think we did... I think we did one in one, the middle. Then there was one on Skype. And then we did... I think maybe the April one, maybe, we did it face-to-face. Sort of there was one where it sort of went back normal. We had about a normality for about three weeks, didn't we? And I think, I think so. And we did one, didn't we? And it, it's only it's only now, nearly a year into it, that I've I've almost worked out <laughs> how to get good sound on it. <laughs> it's a bit annoying, but at least our loyal listeners, Kel, haven't haven't uh, complained, which is which is jolly nice. I think everyone knows what that the situation at the moment is, and 
isn't the greatest. Um, the only noise I've got going on in the background is I've got the bread machine going, which thinking about it. How have you Well, if it was the Waltons, I'd, I'd, I'd have the wife behind me making the bread. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, but no, it's, 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 in, it's in dough setting mode at the moment, so it should theoretically. Uh, kick off uh, um, but uh, but there we go so um we've got a couple of things to talk about before we get into our main subject to Kel, what is our main subject today our main subject is lost in translation and uh, so that the our good listeners know what is our subject next month it is the lady killers uh, the original lady killers as well yeah, yeah oh yeah definitely yeah yeah well i haven't no. i said i told you i have i don't think i saw it i haven't saw it i thought i had in my life so i'm quite looking forward to watch it Oh, I'm, that's that's really good because that's because um, this is one of my favourite Ealing comedies, and it's the first Ealing comedy to be made in colour. Um, but we'll talk about that next month, most certainly on Skype again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we talk about Lost in Translation, but before we talk about that, both me and you have got three TV things to talk about. Uh, this is going to contain spoilers. We're not going to talk about it a lot because we're going to dedicate one of these things to a, a separate podcast. But Kel, I've just caught up on Wonder Vision. That's hot. I told you though, didn't I? Amazing. You think it's oh, amazing? amazing? Yeah. I, I, I said to you, didn't I, right? You could easily have got them first three episodes think, I can't be bothered anymore. Because mm-hmm. lots of people give up on it, isn't that? Oh, what's this? But the way they work them three episodes into them two episodes after is amazing, isn't it? And oh, every oh, little God. bit is explained, isn't it? I tell you, I tell you what amazes me with Marvel, right? And the creators of Marvel, and, and kudos to Disney as well is the fact that, that their planning of episodes oh. and films... I, I read something yesterday that apparently when the Marvel Universe, the MCU films, they were planning various things as they went along and was putting little things in each film. When you, when you go back and watch it, you see it. And apparently, now, I only looked this up just this morning, just out of curiosity. Yeah. There is in the last Spider-Man film, Far From Home. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, quite, it's quite a good movie. There's a bit where Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury is on the plane. No snakes on it, just him. Uh, and on the screen on the side is a hexagon. What? Now, now you're looking at and loads of fans are going, you know, a, 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 a Marvel yeah. fans, like any kind of fandom, they look into things and they spot things and you get there going, is that real or is that yeah. just... Cute, you know, you know, you know, just sort of like, um, you know, just just is actually there for no apparent reason. But there's a hexagon on there because loads of people are saying that no, that's why it's called the hex. It's actually a hexagon yeah. kind of thing going around it. But I, I then went and did a bit of research on the comics, and that a lot of these comes from 1977 to 1983 um, comic series that came out, and and I, so I looked it up earlier on. And you know on the trailer, or on, on the opening thing, where you see them dressed up for Halloween and they're wearing yeah. their versions of the costumes? They're actually wearing the versions of the costumes from 1977. Oh, right. So, which is a real good nod to it. But I, I think the whole thing is, and I, I love Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's an absolute well, crack. I said she's... I really uh, do. You know, Paul Bettany's a brilliant actor, but mm. she steals every scene she's in in that thing. Well, do, do you think as well, though, that... Um, I mean, obviously, she's good directing, good writing. That Bethany's character, up until probably episode three, episode four, he's really sort of like in the background, he's the comedy yeah. foil, until he starts thinking something's going on. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. I mean, that one scene, I mean, this is spoilers, so I do apologise. Oh, you can't but, talk without spoilers. You just but does can't. That, does that scene where you see Vision dead, where he's just standing yeah. there with a hole in his head, and yeah, you're there yeah, going, yeah. oh, that's, what's going on, man? That is, that is proper, proper weird. It really is. 
one thing I like about it is, is like there's that as it goes on, there's that same all running thread of just complete sadness and loss, isn't there? Oh yeah, that's what it's all about, isn't it's it? All about, it's all about it's all about that in the last one. Yeah. She explained what you know what she's doing it for that she can't give up and no. she's lost it. That bit with the dog isn't that? Yeah, but the fact that the do- they find the dog, the kids get nearly enough get older, and the dog dies in the same day. Yeah, yeah. you meant to think it's a week, and what, and the fact that this is only nine days. Yeah, because yeah. they say he, she stole Vision's yeah. body nine days ago, and they're going what? What's going on here? This is this is absolutely weird. I I think it's fa- fabulous, and also looking back on some of the making of stuff. They consulted with Dick Van Dyke, right, to how to get the authenticity of the 1950s through the Dick Van Dyke show. So they had a a chat with him to get all this authenticity. The 60s and 70s were, of course, I Dream of Jeannie. When you notice the subtleties of it, where she's doing the kind of like the the nose kind of thing and all that, I think all that is absolutely brilliant. The only thing they will complain about... Oh, no, let me give a positive thing again. Great to see that the, the girl doctor come in, who was also... We first saw her in the, in the Thor film. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's followed her through, which is a great thing. Why do you always have to have a dickhead of a person in charge? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Why, why do you always... Like, yeah. The FBI guy, Mr. Wu, he's, he's cracking. He's really good. Again, he's in. Uh, he was in the previous uh, Marvel stuff. But then you got this bloke who goes, oh, take the shot. And you go, go it's oh, so my Everything's got a lot of depth in it and like a bit of ambiguity. Apart, they always do it where they have the shield guy or sword guy, and he's always like that. In it, it's like a bloody white guy who's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a jarhead. You know, it was yeah. like I used to change that because that bit was that I I thought exactly the time I thought that's mm-hmm. too obvious in being like that, it, isn't it? It really is obvious. And kudos here to Doctor Who, in which um, the, the one of the, the leaders of Unit at one point. Um, was was a bit like that, but at least they they, they changed that. They changed it from being a stereotypical white male to a uh, female black actress. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I thought that was a good move because you know that takes it away from stuff. And it's just like, well, hold on a minute. If you're working for Sword, surely you're in yeah. this thing to understand stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Slightly weird, not just sort of like you know, yeah, do all that. So I, I can't wait for next Friday's episode. Oh, really yeah, looking yeah. forward to that, and especially like. You know, spoiling that Quicksilver. Quicksilver turning up. What oh. the hell's all that about then? What's that? Well, does it? I mean, I, I, I mean, I own all the Marvel films on DVD. But I mean, the great thing about having Disney Plus is you can watch them. And I think I said to you that they. And, and again, I know we've moaned about Disney about being a bit of a, this, you know, massive corporate bloody yeah. thing. But, no, but giving... at least they are giving content which is fabulous, and that's all you want from a corporation. And thank you for doing it. But yeah, also, and- what they've done, these little nods, is that you can watch the MCU. They put it in timeline as well. Yeah. Which is, yeah. in my mind, you know, is it, otherwise you've got to go for Wikipedia. Well, hold on, is he Captain Marvel first? Is he Captain America first? Yeah. No, he's Captain America first. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. Like I said, it, like I said, that scene in it, the magic show, has been my favourite scene in a TV show this year <laughs> so far. Yeah. It was so well done. And I mean, it was like a brilliant comedy scene. But like, I like someone was reading what someone was saying online about it on Twitter, saying that even the jokes when the the audience is laughing, the can laugh at, this laughter, this all, it's not that funny. And that's the darkness of it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Some of the jokes are terrible. And the way they're all, and like that end bit as well, where she's trying to end the show. Yeah. And it's just carry on talking. 
And he, sh- and he goes that thing because you can't control me you can control everyone else. Yeah. And that bit was so, it's so well done. And you thought, all right. Because even he doesn't know where he is either. That's well, what he, the sad he, thing is, isn't he it? Has no, he has no memory of how he's got there, but he, he, there must be something knowing out his vision. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. very, it's very weird. Apparently the show, the studio bits, are filmed in front of a live audience. Now, I don't know how they've done that and whether that's true or not, because unless it was filmed, I presume this was filmed before COVID because yeah. of, apparently Winter Soldier, the oh. Winter Soldier one with... Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, with, uh, who is it? Well, Falcon, yeah, Falcon. It was meant to come okay. out before this, um, oh. but because of their filming schedules, they, they couldn't do it. Oh, so, oh yeah. Our other one, because um, we are quite conscious if we tell that, we could keep talking. And we, yeah. <laughs> we, only have, we only have an hour. Um, yeah. We've got Mandalorian as well. Now, I, I've watched all of Mandalorian, and you was doing a very unusual for you. Yeah. You was doing a very, very slow catch up yeah. because you wanted someone to look forward to in these shitty times. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm sort of. Like, I think, right, I, when, before, I, you know, I, so I was about two years behind. I'd heard like, everyone saying how amazing it was, but I sort of. My lust had. Um, you right. But Luster had walked off, had sort of worn off with Star Wars because yeah. I enjoyed them last few films, but I'd come out and an hour later, I'd particularly forgot about them. Yeah, yeah. I saw, and then, you know, the prequels left me cold, and it sort of, I thought, oh, I've grew out of Star Wars, and then everyone gets, I thought, I was going to do it for Christmas. And from that first 10 minutes, yeah. like, everything took me back to being bloody 11. And I haven't <laughs> had that in a TV show. I can't remember the last time I had that. Maybe when Star Trek come back, when mm. it, you know, when you know, the next gen when I was a kid and that come back. But it's like what? And to me, it's the best Star Wars I've saw since the original film I saw in nineteen eighty four. Oh really? I'd, I'd even maybe put it above the Star Wars films for me for an enjoyment. I've, I haven't enjoyed a TV series so much in years, and I mean. Few little bits, I suppose I could be picky about it, like you can be everything. But mm-hmm. these are minor. But my God, the heart in that thing, and that last bit meant when I watched the last episode, <laughs> the bit where when he took his mask off at the end and bloody and Gorgu, but I, yeah. I was nearly crying. <laughs> and I've, 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 I haven't had an emotional response in TV show like that. I can't remember where every time Gorgu come on and that last bit. It was so sad. I don't give a shit, people. But it's yeah. like animals and robots I cared about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it got me, hit me, such a gut punch at the end. And how sad he looked at the end. Yeah. Mando. And he wanted him to get that little, you know what? I wanted him to get that little metal ball out. I was thinking, where's the little metal ball? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got, I think he's got that. I think he has it. I mean, the whole thing of him taking his helmet off there was just a pure show of respect to the Jedi and to, to uh, you know, to, to go as well. I think... I mean, you did really well, really oh, well to not be spoiled because that end, that end thing. I mean, I, I, I deliberately watched it because I kind of knew something was building up. I didn't know what. I didn't have a clue what it was. And even when I was watching it and I, I saw the X-Wing flying in, and I was there going, it's a Jedi X-Wing. And you know, when you're in the back of your head, you're thinking, is he set after Jedi? Yeah. It ain't going to be Luke because the fact that, you know, Mark Hamill's a lot older now. But then when he's walking along and you're thinking, is this, is this what's going on? And then as soon as the green lightsaber was like, yeah. and he started doing some crazy Jedi shit, and also quite dark Jedi stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my God, and apparently that was Mark Hamill was there as well. 
And Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill knew about that. He was on set. He was doing it all. He did the walkthrough of it all uh, and, and, uh, and, and did all the talking and stuff like that. What wicked CGI as well. Now, I know that people have not the Rogue One, but, I mean, that was quite a few years ago now. Do you know what I mean? But I was like, uh, this, is the, this is the right time. I disagree with using this kind of face stuff with actors who have passed away. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like that because I, I don't think it's... Well, even if, even if the family said okay, but yep. the fact that Mark Hamill's there going, yep, I'm happy with this, here we go, let's rock, to me, adds that extra kind of... Yeah, yeah. You know, now, I was going to say to you, because I haven't watched the making bit of it yet, was that uh, a, someone standing there and then mapped his face, or was it a whole figure that was a CGI? Uh, there's, there's, there's no making of, of the second series on... Um, oh, right. Sandy, that I, I believe... To know. Was it a person yeah. there? And the... No, it was. There was an actor who did it all, who, who there. But apparently Mark Hamill was there and did the walk as well. So he did the kind of walk-up to get the reactions of of the um, of the characters, I believe. So he he took the hood off and he stood there and he, he did the words. And so they got the reactions of like Man, Mando and all the other people. And then they did the 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 Mark Hamill standing and who did all the walk up then, so they could do the mapping of the uh, of the. Yeah. And obviously it's a, obviously it's a, a stunt man doing the the live side and stuff and all that. It's one of my only little my only little my only little little critique of it was like all of these things are build up these dark troopers yeah. they're, they're pretty shit in there they are you can just get them out there they're really robotic it's like <laughs> it's like what was that what was that robot was it Maximilian yeah like you know those little Maximilians <laughs> yeah yeah like they build them up they're these mad things right they can do but basically what did they do they could fly somewhere yeah, and then fly somewhere out. That one was really tough when he was fighting Mando. Of yeah. all, but the others were actually pretty crap, really. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Also, I I think there's, there's there's something more sinister about uh, uh, troopers who are people. A bit yeah, like a bit like pretty. Nazis at the end of the day. You know that you know that SS people are proper nasty because they're humans. Just people, and, yeah. and the stormtroopers. Whether you, whether you want to go along the the Clone Wars route, or the, the stormtroopers are clones whatever but did yeah. you really like the bit where um it cuts to jabber the hut thing and you got the fat bloke who's got fat now sitting on the th- on the throne oh. i love that that, that book of, was amazing good is that book of book of baba fett gonna be it's like oh, what? do you think you're gonna see how we got out the pit they've got to show that ain't they i suppose they could do i mean he's written the fact that he just he was able just to fly out you know, yeah but why didn't he have his armor <laughs> it's like nude. Well, I suppose that's all the story, isn't it? Because it's yeah. sort of like you know, and that's built up again for the book of the book of Fett. Um, I'm sure you're going to find some stuff. But the fact that he's he's a bit of an anti-hero, he's an even good thing. I mean, it's always great to see Tamura Morrison on screen yeah. in my mind. I, I've been a huge fan of him since his early days in New Zealand. That was the Warriors, he, weren't it? Yeah, and he did he did a small film in 1984 with my my old friend John Clark and. Um, I, I I just love it. I, I just love his, yeah, his acting. Yeah. And like so. I said, I like the way that I like that. I hope they're going to keep Boba Fett. Like I hope they're going to Mando him because like Mando started off a bit of a git, and then as he got on, he like humanized him. Mm. I hope they're not. Gonna, I hope they do keep Boba Fett. The axe is a bit of a git, really, isn't it? Yeah, he's a, he's a he's, he's honourable. He's honourable. Yeah. He's a bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah, but he's a bounty hunter. So we've got we've got the book of Fett coming out first. And then there's Mandalorian Series 3 after that. So they are still doing another Mandalorian? Apparently, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is all subject to change. Uh, At the time of, uh, disclaimer, at the time of recording, um, uh, it is right. Uh, So we've also been watching uh, Lower Decks. I've watched all of them now. 
Uh, You've done, I've, I've, I'm still, I've just, I've done, I'm on five. I did a couple last night. Uh, it's, it's really good, isn't it? I know you love it, don't you? I really, I was, I was like, like you, because it was a bit of a, oh, it's cartoon. Cartoon, now you got it. But once you realise it's like, um, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, family, family, family Guy, God. Simpsons, America, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're sort of watching that, and the fact that people say, you know, fuck this and all this kind of stuff in it, I really, really got into it. I got into a bit of a conversation on uh, on the on the interwebs about um, someone's talking about disco and the fact. And I was there going, I know that apparently they explain the burn. I couldn't tell you. Oh. I, I could not explain it to you. Maybe I, maybe I just weren't concentrating, which yeah. I probably were due, during disco. If I'm honest with you, some bloke shouting, weren't it? It's just some bloke, some geezer shouting. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the fact is that I just, I simply don't know. Like, me and you have had this conversation. Yeah. We won't dwell on it. But the fact that I don't know hardly any of the characters. No. Um, I, I just didn't, I, I just didn't, I just can't connect with that program for some reason. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy what like comes up. But yeah. for Lower Decks, I was there going, man, I haven't felt like this since TNG. It might be because the fact that it's filmed TNG style with the, t- the titles and the credits kind of thing. He's a bit very TNG-ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Even they use the same font at the end on the credits. That's that's like... ex- exactly, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything, but you really need to hurry up and watch the, watch it so I can talk to you tomorrow at work about the last episode. <laughs> I but I love that Rutherford in it. There's like, you know, Rutherford is a better character than any in Discovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love him in it. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's great. So, yeah, so that's our three um, things that we like wanted to quickly bring up. And I think we did quite well in that, Cal, around about yeah. 18 minutes. I'm yeah. going to make a note of that so I can say to the listeners, skip on 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be spoiled because a lot yeah. of podcasts do that, but we don't. So, Cal, we're talking about uh, Lost in Translation. What do we do before we talk about it? You play one of the songs from the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
have played uh, Just Like Honey by Jesus and the Mary Chain. I love that record. Which I think is quite apt because it's in the trailer and it is. Uh, uh, but we did send out a little bit of a request for anybody to um, get in touch with us about comments-wise. Yeah. Uh, ironically, we've got more comments once we had to postpone it due to Skype technical difficulties. Um, but I'm going to read those out now, Cal, before we actually crack on with it. So. Uh, this is from Lucy Broxby. Now, Lucy is a, a good friend of the show. She does the Rick Mail scrapbook on uh, on Twitter and uh, mm. I think she's on Instagram as well. So if you're a mad fan of Rick Mail uh, or the comic chicken Aid Edmondson, please uh, look out for or type in your search engine for Rick Mail scrapbook. And uh, Lucy says this. Hi, I've just watched Lost in Translation. Yes, a very interesting film. I was drawn in right from the start. Bill Murray is very captivating, as is Scarlett Johansson. I felt such a lot of empathy for both characters who are obviously lost and lonely. Both two souls, uh, both two lost souls that found a connection and understood each other and their different loneliness. We will never know what was said at the end, that was their private intimate moment, or whether they will ever see each other again. That's something we don't need to know. The film left me knowing that these two people shared a bond and a lovely connection during a difficult period of their life. Perfect, perfect comment. Thank you, Lucy. Oh, it's better from... than our bloody podcast, to be honest. I think it was. Actually, these are better. <laughs> so, turn off after this. Uh, this is from a friend of mine, Nadine, in Australia. Uh, she put this on Facebook. I absolutely love this movie. One of my favourites. I watched it again recently and loved it just as much. The subtlety of it is beautiful. And then we had these uh, last three comments there. Pete Foltz. Um, this is a film that grew on me. At first, I was ambivalent after seeing it in the theatre. But after giving you some thought, the story telling, sorry, after giving some thought, the storytelling really appealed to me. That's quite nice to know. Uh, Grant Kerno said, this film really was lost on me. I rewatched it after I saw the rave reviews because I thought I'd missed the point and the subtlety in their performances. But I was still left scratching my head, trying to work out what the point of the film was. So enlighten me, lads. Well, that's fair dinkum. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Grant, after we've waffled on about it we'll um we'll uh enlighten you we have a slope of my coffee because it is early in the morning it's usually early in the morning yeah uh yeah i think that's fair enough because uh, you know this is a bit of a left turn for waffle on isn't it we thought we did a maybe this year try and do another other tones of films because we can get caught into doing things that we love which generally are violent and horror (laughs) and comedy so i thought we've been doing it for 10 years now (laughs) There's yeah. another array of yeah, array of years. There's an array of films out there, and it'd be nice to do some other tones for yeah. other people who listen to this podcast who don't really like super violent, mm. super you know, cutting stuff. And it, you know, I could understand why it ain't everyone's cup of tea because I think that's right. It's a film about nothing really, mm. but that's the beauty of it, isn't it? I, th- I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we we have decided that. I mean, uh, last year because last year was such a a terrible year for everybody. Uh, I think we kind of, we, we ended up doing podcasts that we needed something to pick ourselves up with, didn't we? We wanted to talk about stuff that made us happy in a happier time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and well, it's our show. We can do what we want. But as you said, you came up with some cracking ideas about us moving the podcast forward into doing some unusual films. Still films that obviously we've always said we will never do films we're not passionate yeah. about. At all. That's not, that's not on our remit. There's no, we're not going to pick a film we haven't... Well, we might pick a film we haven't seen and both of us watch it. That, that might yeah. be a good idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. We, we've got another one here, and I had to get in touch with, uh, with this chap because he, uh, he's from Ireland. He's in Dublin. And you know how I get really annoyed when I go to hotels and somebody calls me weddings? 
yeah meadows or something like that meadows, and the last, yeah. yeah the last thing i wanted to do was to say his name wrong so this is from uh senan hall and uh he's in ireland because i love this movie uh billy murray at his best i've been to japan a few times and the movie captures so well the many weird cute strange unique things about tokyo i love it and get something from every watch keep up the good work guys and always a big fan of the pod stay well good night and may your god go with you Nice Dave Allen reference there. I love Dave that. Allen, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, so we'll go in. We'll go into the uh, the waffly bits first. Now we only we only going to talk about three people in this because really there's only three people in it. We're not yeah. going to talk about Bill Murray, um, as you know, on Waffle On. We've talked yeah. about Bill Murray on uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> so if you want to know more about Bill Murray, please do go back and listen to the show about yeah. Ghostbusters. Um, now this was written, uh, directed, and produced by Sophia Coppola. An incredibly talented uh, woman uh, who has made her own direction in film, I think it's fair to say. Instead of jumping on the coattails of, of her father, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a little bit of a lift up there, um, but she has gone in her, her own direction, and I think she's one of the most... I also think she's, unfortunately, slightly forgotten a little bit. I think it's terrible. Everyone bangs on about... the And, and it's, look, let, let, we, we're both big promoters of female filmmakers. There should yeah. be more of them. But yeah, there's been a, recently the wave of, of recent filmmakers. It's as if it's as if some people had never done it before. There was female directors back in the 1930s, and this this yeah. is like Sophia Coppola. Everyone forgets that she was one of the first people to, to not only bring out a film that broke the boundaries, but also yeah. didn't go along the way of boyfriend girlfriend because this is what is wonderful about this film. You are left wondering what is their connection. And as you put it, produced by Ross Katz as well. Um, it came out on the 29th of August 2003 at the film festival, then September the 12th, 2003 in the States, April the 17th, 2004 in Japan. We went, to, we, we went to the cinema to see it, didn't we? I'm sure we, we did. did. Yeah, we did. We went and saw it in, uh, in 2003. Didn't tell us when it came out in the UK, but I'm sure it was 2003. We saw it in uh, five ways. Yeah. Remember? And then we went for drinks afterwards. At a budget of four million, and it made a box office of one hundred nineteen point seven million. Bloody hell! Which is a fabulous thing, considering the fact it was only, I believe, filmed in twenty-seven days, um, and uh, was also filmed. Part of this film was done in secret because um, they couldn't get the right permits to film in Japan. We all know. There's a lot of, yeah. Sometimes Japan is quite There's hard. a lot of guerrilla filmmaking, isn't it? There's a lot, including the crossroads section. Uh, oh. That was filmed in secret. And also part of the filming in uh, the when it's really raining, she's going across that beautiful courtyard. Yeah. That was done in, in secret as well. Um, I'm sure he didn't mind because I think he put Japan a little bit more on the box office of people yeah, wanting yeah, to go yeah, there. Yeah. Um, now, Sophia was born Sophia Carmina Coppola on May the 14th, 1971 in New York City. She's also known as Domino Coppola. Um, obviously a film writer and filmmaker in her own right. Uh, we also, this is our first film, we're talking about Scarlett Johansson, yeah. born November the 22nd, 1984, in New York. Uh, she's also got Danish citizenship. She's been acting since um, 1994. Uh, she was only 17 during the making of this film, 19, when it was released. Um, you wouldn't know, frankly, that she's only 17. I mean, she looks bloody young in it, but her acting in this is just stupendous. Yeah, because I always think that this character could be very irritating, really. Mm. If you'd step back and someone told you about this character, about the two characters in it, it'd yeah. sound really unlikable, wouldn't it? What, some rich girl, because she's a rich girl, mm. isn't she? Yeah, what, she going to travel around the world, being in a five-star hotel, mm. um, husband's a photographer, but 
it's a bit of existentialism with her, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think sometimes you've got to take the character for what it is and not what you're prejudged. I'm like that with a lot of people. Whether they're rich or poor or whatever, they've still got problems. And that's what she brings to it, is likableness. So we're really, really quite a spoiled brat who's got it all. I think so, because there's, there's parts in this film in which, um, you know, she mentions that she's been to Harvard, but she hasn't She hasn't quite figured out what she's going to do. She's sort of philosophy, I think, Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this. Uh, there's a phone call with her mother who you can clearly see that the relationship between the great is there. Um, this is also based roughly, not exactly, but, you know, on um, Sophia Coppola's own life with Spike Jones at the time uh, and, the, and the breakdown of their marriage where, you know, yeah. she was traveling with him and him being a, a well-known film director. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the, I mean, we'll, we'll, does he, I've got it written down here, which I thought was quite apt, which I'll just read it out. Um, this is from Lucy Bolton, who offers a feminist reading, arguing that Lost in Translation evokes the thought of feminist philosopher Luce Irigaray, hope I said that line, by highlighting issues of young womanhood. She argues that the film provides a complex portrait of Charlotte's female subjectivity and an optimistic rendering of the character's beauty of individual expression. That, if anyone wonders what that watering sound was, that was my phone telling me I should drink water. Never mind. Um, and I think that is, that is mainly because of the fact of the opening shot. Now, when anyone's younger, like when we was when we first saw this, right. the opening shot of a, a young right. actress who's bottom in lingerie, he's yeah. kind of like, hello! But as this you get when you watch it... When we come out... <laughs> And he was. It was like, God, she's got a cracking bum, isn't she? As you get older, though, and you look into it, and you become a little bit more sort of like, um, obviously, we was, what, how old is this film now? Go to the, you know, we're quite younger as well at this point. The fact is that it, it, apparently that shows the innocence of the person involved in this film. Sophia Coppola did that shot. She did the first take of that shot to put Scarlett Johansson at ease. When asked about it, she just said, I just like the idea of it. That's what her initial reaction was. It's actually based upon a very famous photographer's um, pictures who was well known for, for, for portraiting of ladies in, in lingerie, not necessarily in a sexualized way, way, in an innocent fairly yeah, kind of yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think looking at it now as a 47 year old, you can see the innocence, that opening shot is sort of like, and because of the fact that it's, it's still for, for a hell of a long time, there's nothing going on. No, it just shows the pure innocence of somebody lying there. I think it's yeah. a great, great shot. Yeah, and, and as well. There's a bit of a sadness to it as well, because you've got this beautiful young girl, and she's just in an empty room. Yeah. Just lying on the bed, doing nothing. It's it just, she yeah. she's just, no. just lying there. You know, it could easily, it could easily have been done that way. I think me and you talked about this the other week, about the fact that, you know, if I think it's easier to talk about, because the fact that it's a, a female writer and director... Mm. I think it would be a lot harder to talk about in modern in modern day um, feelings if it was a male director of that because you could almost assume that he's done that shot as a, gl a glorified art shot. Yeah, right? yeah. But because it's done by a female director, and this is the reason why both me and you wanted female um, yeah, yeah, yeah. comments about this film because it, it's always good to see a, a, a female comment. Did, did your did your good lady watch this with you or anything like she that? She watched it with me. What no, was her no, thoughts no. on that? Like, I think she doesn't like Bill Murray, right? No. She doesn't like Bill Murray. So, but she said at the end of it, that's the favourite, that's the best thing she's ever saw Bill Murray in. Yeah. As we talk about later on. Mm -hmm. She liked it, but she said what she liked about it was said, didn't show her being, like, super confident. Yeah. Like, said, she said the problem with her, she's a lot of 
people in films is all the young girls know everything they want to do in their life. They're all like mm. really headstrong. And she liked the way that she, Emma was a, my wife was a bit like that when she was that age. That the fact is she had the whole world on a plate. You know, she could have gone to university. She could have done a, you know, she was in a master's degree. She could, they wanted her to go and do a, a PhD and all these things. And she didn't want to do anything. Mm. She didn't want to do it. She just wanted to travel and do things, and she didn't know where she was. And yeah. she liked that part of it, that it wasn't – that she was just – you know, a young girl can be just as confused as a young man can be, and in mm. the same way. Because I think a lot of the time when you hear about women in films, young girls, always having the only thing they're thinking about is men. Yeah. And it, and it's not about that with her, is it? It's, no. it's not about that. It's about herself, isn't it? And I, she I, does I, love her husband. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. She does love her husband – but she doesn't know what to do with herself, does she? No, she feels like she's being left out, and he's. I think he's moving on. And throughout the whole of this film, even the connection in the bar between Bob and Charlotte, when they're looking at each other, and in the lift, you, you know, people say, oh, yeah, they're looking at each other, they're like, hey, they're, they're, they're. no, they're not. That, no. In that lift, there's all, all Japanese people, and they're the only two American people who are taller, and they look at each other because they're the only person people they've got. And yeah. that's the way throughout the whole film. And that lift scene, I think, is so, so incredibly yeah. important because they acknowledge each other. Now, I've done that, right? When I was in Singapore, the first time I went to Singapore, I walked off that plane and I was crapping myself, right? Yeah. This was like 2000, I can't remember what it was now, 2003, maybe 2005. I'm not, not too sure when it was. 2005, I think. And I'd, I'd, I'd travelled before, obviously. I've, I've been quite a few places, but I'd never been that far. And to a, to a place which... The language yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. Of course, I should have realised that Japan, Singapore, you know, China, all these kind of places cater for everybody. That's how yeah. good they are. So, of course, yeah. there were signs that had English on there as well, but I didn't know. And I spent a lot of time walking around the airport desperately looking for somebody who might be a bit like me. A bit like when me and you first started school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you're looking for somebody. And that lift scene, I think, is, is absolutely perfect. The film of this is at the Park Hyatt Hotel in Tokyo, um, and it's a it's a beautiful looking hotel though. Isn't it? I mean, what cracking views from her room! Yeah, oh, yeah, that is not a cheap hotel, is it? Because that's no, the thing as well. The, you think, well, well, why are they a bit miserable? They're in this luxury hotel. Yeah, but it doesn't give you what you want, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, I I, I remember being in. Uh, God, I feel like I'm name dropping places now, but yeah. I've, you know, we've all stopped in hotels, and to, to be fair, me and you, when we've done our podcasters meets up and that, we always say we only sleep in it. We don't want the all, all sing as long as he, as long as the the door locks. Yeah, you're all right. You feel safe, great, and the bed is bed, bed hasn't got any dubious stains on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, the, the, I when I, I stayed in Vegas and I stopped in his hotel, and it was like Bob when the curtains opened. I'm there going, yeah. what, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I can control the curtains from my bed. Well, I can also get up and open them. Don't get me wrong, it's fabulous to see. It's fabulous to actually experience that kind of thing. But part of you goes, you know, I was still incredibly jet-lagged. And yeah. it didn't matter what luxuries were on, oh, on yeah. hold for me. I couldn't yeah. shake off the jet-lag. I really yeah. couldn't. And I think if you've ever travelled, I mean, both you, me and you have travelled quite far, we've all suffered from jet-lag, and there's nothing worse. It kills me. It puts oh. me off. It puts yeah. me off now, because yeah. I suffer insomnia anyway. So it just kills me. You have to get through it and that's why i love that the first you know the scene when he's coming from the airport and he's like really wrecked from mm. sleep and he's just like looking at japan and it's all yeah. dreamy and it's got all that my buddy valentine playing in the background yeah, yeah. and that's what it's like isn't it you're in this amazing place but all you want to do is 
Oh, isn't that mad thing? You just want to go home. Yeah. Because you want to be back to be normal. And that's I think, why... I think as well, though, that the fact that if... If we, if say, if say we went, like it'd be different because you're going out on holiday, so you know you've got time to adjust and go. The fact that Bob's there because he's getting paid oh. two million dollars to do a whiskey commercial, which he doesn't want to do, no. and, and Charlotte is there because she doesn't have anything to do at home, so she's come with, come with along with her husband to, you know, kind of like, you know, to have something to do. Both of them actually don't want to be there, but, yeah. but they're not being able. Charlotte at least is being able to ex- experience stuff around it, but she's having to do it on her own. And her innocence and her, her, her nervousness of it all is shone all the way through. As Bob, he, he just wants to get home. and But there's an escape. He wants to escape as well from his, his married life because of fact he's just talking about, you know, carpets Carpet, and stuff yeah. like that, normality. Which you automatically assume, you know, actors and actresses and, and, and singers, rock stars, all this, they have this kind of like ace life. But in reality, they've still got to go shopping. They've still got to choose a fridge. They've still got to choose doorknobs to put on there. They've still got to deal with a broken boiler. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and you forget about all this thing. And that's what I love about the, the kind of thing about this film, where you start, you start to see normality creeping into people's lives that you think, man, you're getting paid $2 million. Yeah, but you've still got to choose a carpet for your study. Yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? And you're still doing something that you don't want to do. Yeah. Like I said, there's that thing as well. Like, you're on your own. And like any experience in life, most experiences are best shared. Mm. That, that's just the way it is. Like, you know, if you're, no, you know, because we always said, that, oh, it must be brilliant being a business traveller, flying around the world. But everyone I, I ever talk who's done it hates it because you've yeah. been on holiday. You think, no. in our heads, because we're yeah. stuck in a factory, you think it must be amazing going to the airport. And But it's like, no, because you don't want to be there. And, no. man, and then you're thousands of miles away. From, at least we can go home every night. You just want to stop, no matter what you are. You want to be home, don't you? Mm, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we've we've spoken. We know two people who do that. Barry at our work, who, who's had to go to clone shows, and he says he's feeling he's saying, saying clone man. That must be actually you could go out in the bar. No, you're in the middle of an industrial estate, miles away from the centre. Yeah. And our our friend Peter who does that. Who does yeah, the yeah. best stars on our podcast. Uh, you know, he does he does travelling for marketing and stuff like that. And I always think, man, it must be great. Oh, I've got to go to so-and-so and doing this yeah. and that. But, of course, it's the same thing. It's, it's going to an airport, having to sit down, waiting for people to come along, get on the plane, get off the plane, go to the hotel, and, and then have dinner on your own and all this I'm kind of own, stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, quite a lonely experience. I mean, I'm sure after, after this, epic, this pandemic has finished, the idea of being a travelling person at the moment yeah, it must yeah. be absolutely awesome thinking, you know what, I can't wait to travel. Um, I love that there's a bit in this where... Um, after the lift scene, Charlotte gets on the tube and goes to the uh, the Japanese shrine, uh, and she mentions the marriage there. There wouldn't be a marriage at, at that place. Is, no, is there wouldn't. Marriage, I find. But also on the on the tube, I think I said to you that when she's standing on the tube, there's a guy reading a manga, manga magazine, yeah. and that manga magazine he's reading is Ghost in the Shell. That's pretty mad, that isn't it? Yeah, because she she goes and plays it later on. And Bob is in his hotel room. He ends up watching a, a TV program. Is it a TV or program film of one of his old films? Now I think I don't know what that is. I think it's a Saturday Night Live sketch because he looks quite young in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm presuming it's a Saturday Night Live thing he's watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What do you think about the bit with, <laughs> with the uh, the lady who, who visits his room? And oh. Asks to... <laughs> well, I tell you what though, there's a weird thing in this film because I think in this I was thinking about this like. You think about it now. There's lots of little jokes in this about being foreign. I don't think they do anymore. Yeah. You know that bit where she can't say rip? Rip. Yeah, she says lip. lip. Now, 
in this modern world, I don't think you get away with writing that joke now. You know, making fun of her accent, but he's not really. He's just a bit uncomfortable with it all, isn't he? Well, I, I don't think it is making fun of it. It's the fact that it's... Oh, no, I don't is, think it is. I'm saying, uh, I just can't imagine a thing now where you'd be, like, doing people's voices. So it's like that bit where he's having the food, isn't he? Yeah. And it's like doing an impression of him. I thought you wouldn't get away with doing that in a film now. I just don't think you would. No, Unless you've been a kid. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that... We, it, I think it's terrible to think that because who hasn't done that? Yeah. Who hasn't I, done that? It's somewhere in their life. Whether it is wrong... But are you telling me that all the people, when we were younger, we went to a Chinese restaurant or to an Indian restaurant, so we haven't mimicked somebody? Of yeah. course you have. And if, if everyone does it, and you're a liar if you said you haven't, yeah. like, even in jest, even in like, yeah, yeah, yeah. impersonating somebody on a TV, if you say that you haven't done that, you're a liar, right? But that's what happens in real life. So what annoys me is then saying that we can't put that on film. Well, that's, that to me is, is bullshit. It's saying that those things don't happen in life. You can't go around for it like that. People do no. say things they shouldn't do, whether it be intentional or unintentional. And I think that scene with the... With, no, I presume, I presume she's... You know, now, this is the thing. Well, I'm not I'm she sure. Prostitute? Is she a prostitute? Has she been sent by somebody? Or is she just a girl on their make who's, who's, who knows there's a famous person there and she comes up to the room? Yeah. It's not explained, that, is it? I don't think I don't think it needs to be explained. No, no, and it's like and like the, it's quite a funny scene, isn't it? Yeah. It's rolling around on the floor, and it's like it's one of those scenes you're thinking you don't know how you shot that scene. Yeah, because it seems so spontaneous, isn't it? The way he falls over. Yeah. And, and the way she's going, oh, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, Mister. Yeah, Bob. yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm doing I'm doing that impression. Yeah, yeah. There, you, there, you, there you go. Um, but I love that the way that he just looks so. It's almost like this has happened before. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know what? This is what I love about Sophia Coppola's writing, is the fact that I'm sure many, many famous actors have been in this situation where someone's tried to, you know, get them into bed or something, and then they can turn around and say, famous actor punches me or tries yeah, to seduce yeah, yeah. me or something like that, especially at the moment. And I, I love that little bit. I mean, well before the Me Too thing. I, I love this kind of way. And I'm sure it's happened to, probably more, happened to female actresses yeah, yeah. as well. I, I love that. I think it's a real subtle yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what I think as well. Like, it's really weird. I forgot what his name is in this. Now, being a British person, it's quite hard to take anyone, Bob Harris. <laughs> 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 whispering Bob whispering Bob Harris isn't it? that's all you can think of isn't it it's you know like, what you've just I was trying to find something to put at the end you know I like to put some at the end of the podcast I'm going to put Bo- listening, uh, whispering Bob Harris introducing um, um, a band I'm going to I'm going to put that on there what I know is that it's very wet in Tokyo isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah I think yeah yeah, yeah. Look, I'll tell you what I like, yeah, the weather, you know, my, we've got a friend, Di, who's a big Japan person, and she said that when she walked around on her own, it was just like that bit with uh, Scarlett Hansen walking around on the tube, just yeah. completely lost with no one speaking to her. She said yeah. she's never felt so lonely in a packed area. So because yeah. people said, you know, they've got the lowest English speak, which, you know, is right, and it was a why should everyone speak? Like, no, no, you just do it on your phone, couldn't you? That's well, the thing, yeah. It's like a pre-mobile phone in time as well, isn't it? Everything's so yeah, innocent, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah, you don't just... You know, they've got yeah, fax machines at 4.30 in the morning yeah. coming through. And she said it was just like that. And she said just walking around thinking, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I can't speak to anyone. can't eat anything. I don't know where I'm going. She'd never been so lost, but she actually found it quite fun. I suppose it's quite liberating as well. It must be really hard. I mean, we know that dies dies like a vegetarian as well. So yeah, oh, yeah. I, I don't think Di eats... Maybe she no, no, no. now. I don't. I don't think she did there. Die, please correct us, or Rob, uh, please correct us. But um, but 
but I, I you know, I, I sometimes I like I like solo traveling. I must admit because it's it's kind of like one of the things, don't get me wrong. I love going with my, my family and my friends, but there's something quite liberating about solo traveling because the only person you have to think about is yourself. Yourself, yeah. But also saying that I wouldn't want to be lost. Do you know what I mean? I can imagine right. me. I can imagine me going to going to New York and getting on the wrong tube. Do you know what I mean? And ending yeah. up like in um, in um, oh, what's he called? Uh, National Lampoon's vacation. Yeah. Oh, here's a here's a thing for you. Sorry to jump back. In one division, the neighbor's house is the house used in um, I think it's Home Alone. I think, and the other house is the house used in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's a different waffle. Now we get to the photo shoot as well, where um, the the director wants him to be a little bit like the Rat Pack. Sammy, he, he, ironically, with the Rat Pack, he does an impression. Uh, uh, Roger, uh, uh, Bill Murray as Bob does an impression of uh, D. Martin and, and uh, Frank Sinatra. In fact, the only person at the Rat Pack to do uh, the whiskey advert for um, what's the, what's the whiskey on now? Um, I did write it down. Uh, Suntory. It's Sunt- the whiskey is Suntory Hibiski, which I'll talk about in a bit because I've had it. Um, the best one, isn't it? Yeah, he's Sammy Davis Jr. He's the oh, only one that had to do Suntory, Suntory whiskey. I love the fact of that, though, where the director's shouting at him and the woman says, more intense. And he's going, <laughs> but, but are you sure that's all he said? Yeah. You know, and I, that's the pure, you know... No, annoyance. I like the thing as well, as well, where he goes, Jan Bond... Yeah. Right, because Roger Moore, and he goes, I think of Sean Connery, and I wouldn't think of Sean Connery because Sean Connery dressed up as a Japanese person, which they never do in a Bond film these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and ironically enough, uh, Sean Connery is also another actor who did whiskey commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah, love that. But, He's uh, right. I mean, it, you've got Roger Moore. No, I think of Sean Connery. I, I think of Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now Bob and Charlotte again see each other. Uh, Bob claps. Now this is the thing when they're watching the jazz. Uh, the jazz musician, I'd say, the, 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 the woman singer, who, I think I said this to you the other day, is not an actress. She is actually a singer in real life. That's a, that's and a, yeah. Sophia Coppola remembered her from a previous visit to Tokyo and asked her to be in the, be in the film. So it's hence the reason why, really, she only sings the way through. But I love the fact that the way Bob Bob claps is just with his fingers, just clicking yeah, yeah, his fingers yeah. in a very jazz kind of, almost taking the piss kind yeah, of yeah. thing. And that's the first time, again, they acknowledge each other. But they, very much, they don't speak to each Bob and Charlotte do not speak to each other until 32 minutes into the film. Yeah, and then... I tell you what's really well as well, because the scene with her, where, you know, where he sleeps a bit, and you think, oh, what are you doing that for? He never actually looks interested in it, does he? No, no, that's... That's the weird see. thing. Yeah, I mean, we should it's say, you're, 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 on about, you're on about the singer, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. This is something... Something to do, isn't there? That's yeah, so what that scene's really weird. I think it's something to break the monotony, and he probably has done this before. I think he's mentioned, didn't that's he? That's what so that's saying, isn't it? That's yeah. the life he lives, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And to get away from the you know the mundanity of, of home life, but home life is you know whatever you say, it doesn't matter how happy you are, especially at the moment. Like as we said, it's like to quote another Bill Murray film. Every yeah. day is like Groundhog Day at the moment. You know what I mean? You can see why people break it now. Um, Charlotte's husband is called John, played by uh, Giovanni uh, Ribisi. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people know him as playing um, Phoebe's brother in Friends. He's been in a loads of a loads of uh, loads of films. Always sense of I know as well. Something very negative about him, though. He's a very famous Scientologist. Is he really? Yeah. 
Is he really? I, I was going to say there's something slightly unnerving about him at the best yeah. of times. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise convinced him to be a Scientologist. <laughs> uh, right. The more you know, the more, the more I've thought about it, the more I, I don't think Simon Pegg's a Scientologist. No, I don't. After watching that thing, I think I've watched a few things of him. I think he's back in England now. I think as long as you get away from LA, you're all right, aren't you? I think so. Yeah, because there's not a lot to do in LA, is there? Apart from drive, apart from drive cars and try and yeah. get a job. Um, now, this bit where uh, John and Charlotte are in the lobby and they see um, an actress called Kelly, who's played also by uh, Anna Faddis. Uh, isn't it? Hmm? She's out of a script. Uh, that was the scream. Scary movie, isn't she? Scary movie. Anna Faris, yeah. Anna Faris. Now, a rumour, although Sophia Coppola says this is not true, so we have to go with Sophia's thing, is that this could be Cameron Diaz. He's meant to be her. But so that was the rumour that Sophia Coppola uh, has said that it sense, isn't. Because he is kind of that wacky kind of person, isn't and it? Not, you know and not I mean? mean annoying. Slightly annoying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Although you would. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just to bring just to bring the podcast no, back to its male chauvinistic point of view. <laughs> We can't, we can't, we can't praise everything. Yeah, Emma there giving me a right scowl. I was just saying, uh, the funny thing is, is that I actually knew that Emma had walked in. Is the reason why I said it. Um, although, you know what? Just jump, just jumping back to uh, uh, Cameron Diaz for a moment. Oh, you know, I, I've heard, I've heard various things about about her. She seems to be one of the most individual people I've ever known in Hollywood. She doesn't seem to give a damn, does she? And disappeared from a lot of films for a long time, hasn't she? It's not what I knew. She all she's done is actually turned around and went, you know what, I'm buggering off and she's just gone surfing. And yeah. I thought to myself, you know what? Fair play to you. You know, yeah. you know you, she, she doesn't seem to be somebody who's conforming to no, the, no, the, no. the stereotype of what you're meant to do. So you just said, you know what, fuck it, I want a fun time, I'm off to have a fun time. I, yeah. fair, fair, fair. I think someone like that as well, like, but I think my favourite like actress at the moment is, um, I'm not, I was nearly said really crappy, bit, a female actor, I hate that term. I think it's actress. really awkward because I, I still say actress because I'm talking about an actor, especially at the moment where an, an, actor, uh, an actress has now become an actor or... Somebody has now changed their sexual identity. Like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Ellen Page is now Elliot Page. Elliot Page now. It yeah. can get quite awkward. So yeah. Yeah, I just say actress just to cover the. But board. anyway, my favourite act- <laughs> yeah actress. I'd say Charlize Theron. And I like Charlize Theron like that because she could have done, you know, very good looking model. But she does. She does really amazing violent stuff. And they're doing that Mad Max yeah. sort of sequel about her now, aren't they? She also, she also as well. When I first saw her, was in uh, that Keanu film, Reeves film with Al Pacino um, about the devil. Uh, 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 what's he called now? The devil's, devil's advocate. Yeah, devil's advocate. Yeah, that's the ultimate who half film that is. That it? is definitely a who half film. And and I remember seeing her thinking, uh, you know, as you do, you go, oh, she's quite, she's quite, she's quite. Yeah, attractive. yeah, well, she's pretty modern. Oh yeah, and then but then she she went away from that. She could easily have gone down that route of playing those characters. And bear in mind, actually, her character in that is a very very troubled dark character. She could have done the Jennifer Aniston route, couldn't she? She could really do that, and she didn't. She went the opposite way. She turned around and said, "No, no, 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 I'm in control of the, the thing." And I think people forget again. It's another one of the things that we were saying earlier on. How people forget about these other actresses, these other yeah. female producers and directors who have done a hell of a lot more, but uh, haven't been recognised for it because it was in the past. It's yeah. now because it's like everyone's having to concentrate on it, rightly so. They forget, forget about it. I think some people need to be need to be shown about that. I agree. Anyway, we find we find out that Charlotte has been married for two years, 
Um, now, I think she's meant to be 23 in this Yeah, year. yeah, not uh, Obviously, because that means she'd be 15 and that'd be really, <laughs> really jubilant. That, yeah, that brings Jimmy, to the house. Jimmy Lee Lewis. Exactly. And that, that would also really make the character of Bob and Charlotte's relationship even more, more troublesome to a certain degree, which I'm going to talk about because I don't think it is troublesome at all. Uh, Bob has been married for 25 years, uh, and that, that's when they talk about her doing philosophy, him being an actor, and, uh, and the fact that both of them say that um, they wish they could sleep. Bob goes swimming which is a sign of his age because he's trying to keep fit. Charlotte goes to a games arcade. Yeah, musical yeah, note, yeah. none of the noise in that arcade is real. Um, that's, that's produced after the film. Oh, so right. Presumably because it would have too just been noisy. Too, too noisy. We, we, you know, we've, we've spent it's many probably, a time. You can imagine that, but... man, like Bamba being in there, couldn't you? Oh, my God. I don't know why I have Woody would be stuck in there. Yeah. We would never get the, the, the two of them. Right? They're all weird. Japanese games, and I'm the thing he just made me makes you really want to go to Japan, didn't it? You it does, but wasn't there was one lad who was standing there who really pissed me off, and he's standing there with a fag in his mouth with a guitar. That's so cute, you know, cringy <laughs> Japanese yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. kids kind of thing. Um, but he is again, it's another great film, another great scene because he it, it shows the two totally different people, yeah, in a really good way. That's what I like about it. I'm sure that um, now I might be wrong here. This is going to have to. I'm sure that swimming bath is the same swimming bath that Daniel Craig swims in for Bond. I'm sure oh. it is. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, yeah. but I think it's. Um, it's Charlotte who got. We're in the bar. It's Charlotte who goes over to Bob. That's what I like about it, this as well, which is another sign of it. it, it she's taking the first route of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. I wanted somebody else to talk to, and Bob because Bob won't. And I like that. If it was the other way around, I think it would have been a bit, you know, kind of like promiscuous. What do you think? Yeah, I think so as well, because I think, right, the way she's looking at him and he's looking at her in there, it's not uh, sexual no. chemistry no. or even chatting them up. It's sort of they're both meets that night. They're gays, both meets, and they're both sort of, sort of kindred spirits, aren't they, together? We've yeah. got without the, you know, because I, I think like a lot of this film, it's about the the wonders of platonic friend, about platonic friendship with a female. Yeah. That mm. you know that you know Harry met Sally. That famous scene is is you know about men can only be women. The one is is bullshit, isn't it? Yeah. But a lot of people still believe in that. A different a generation above us believe that's the only reason men and women are together, isn't aren't they? I, I think I think you're absolutely right, and and this scene as well, where the fact that you could it could easily have been turned into a film where he's sort of like giving her the wink and her hey come on over, you know what I mean? And yeah. It is not. It is purely sort of like, hi, how are you? I've been in many many a time when I've talked to just talked to somebody at the bar in not any kind of chatting up kind of way. It's perfect. And I got loads of friends who I'm very very close to who are females who, you know, they are just just friends. I think it's because it's our generation. We're a bit more of a, a liberal kind of open generation. Yeah, yeah. You're right. People who are old enough can't understand how you, you. Well, why are you friendly? Come on, you must you must really fancy. Her. Well, no, because that means then she, you're saying to me that every woman must fancy a bloke. Then yeah, it yeah. really works both ways. It works both it ways. Does. But because I suppose the male thing is we're meant to be more predatory in that aspect. Let's face it. I mean, you couldn't be the worst kind of predatory people no. in the world ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's but again, that connection and this Bob who turns around and says. I'm coming up with a plan to escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. want in. And she says, yeah. But they don't. That's the great thing about that. They don't, he's suggesting, how about we escape this place? And he's all said in jest. Now, that could easily, you could easily then cut to them going off. They don't. She goes back to Taiwan. He goes back. And that yeah. is why well, I absolutely love, love that kind of thing. Again, we see her in the, um, 
overtake. There's a bit of an awkward meeting by the pool, which I quite like, because they've both been dressing gowns. And that is really well shot. Because yeah, yeah. normally, you, you, if it was probably, if Bob was younger, right, this is where the whole thing wouldn't work. Because, no, no. No, because Bob would then be going, you're a very attractive young woman, and you're and in a dressing gown. Yeah, and as well, the, the point is, if he would have been younger, he would have been successful. Because the point is, he's not successful, any, he's not no, successful he's, as an actor anymore, is he? He's no, a washed-up actor, isn't he? I wouldn't say he's a washed-up actor. His, actors, his, his acting thing is definitely on the way down. Uh, I wouldn't say he's washed up because he wouldn't be getting, being offered $2 million that's for an episode. Right. So, I mean, I think that's, that's the reason why we, we suddenly work out the fact that he's... He's not. He's, I suppose like every kind of actor, and, and I, suppose, I suppose even worse as well. When in Hollywood, where I think Helen Mirren's always said this, and Glenn Close has, and and yeah, yeah. where it's like you know the older you get as a as a female actor, yeah. it's harder yeah. to get roles because apparently they're not you know an older actress is important. I think it's more important. There's more more story in older people than is that. With with male actors, you either go one way, you either try the old dyeing your hair, which clearly Bill Murray has dyed his hair in his film because he's yeah. quite grey at this point. And he does, it's obvious though as well. It's not kind of like, you know, yeah. you know well, well done. Or you do the George Clooney kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Or the yeah. James Stewart kind of thing. You, you know, you, you just go with the flow. Yeah. And, and I, I think, and the thing with him as well, I think he was like an action film star, wasn't he? Because he yes. was like an action film as well. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. if you're old is a weird thing, isn't it? That, that yeah. you, you still get, you don't get it with females. A lot of action, you know, can be 65 and still in an action film. A la like uh, Denzel Washington, isn't it? Well, I think he's 65 and he's still playing action roles. This is very weird. But but I think there's a difference between the Denzel being an action hero because you, I, I was watching Equalizer 2 again the other day. I, I, I mean, although I'm a massive Equalizer fan with Iwa Wuwa, I think they're different kind of films, but they work really well. I think it's really well done. And he doesn't do an awful lot. And it, when the action films that I do have problems with is the likes of Sylvester Stallone doing the last Rambo one, also, Harrison Ford doing Indiana Jones 5. Yeah. You're telling me somebody who is 75 years old, right, is going to be able to pull off some... Of course, they're not. So, it's got to be really well wrote. Yet, the Denzel one, he's, he's using his mind, you know. He's sort yeah, of like, yeah, well, look, yeah. look, boys, I can I can slap you pretty hard just yeah, by standing yeah. there. Do you know what I mean? He's also <laughs> doing martial arts skills, so I think you can get away with that. What I like about this, the fact that Bob's an action hero, but it takes you away from us thinking it's Bill Murray. That's yeah, what I like definitely. about that. Because it'd be very easy to think that this is Bill Murray playing Bill Murray when it's not. I think it's the film? most film. He hasn't played Bill Murray in it. Well, this film is his favourite film of all the films he's done. I love the fact that you're getting playing golf. That must be in his contract. Yeah. He says, I will do this film if I, you know, if I could play golf. Quick note here about Bill Murray. Bill Murray has an 0800 number right, in Hollywood. No one has his number. He doesn't have an agent anymore. Right? Oh. He will only... Do a film if he want. He likes the sound of the film. Two, he likes the script. He will not allow anyone to do it. And, and Sophia Coppola apparently phoned him off some like thirty odd times trying to get his attention. And it was the guy who, the director who did the Royal Tenenbaums. Um, uh, um, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Wes Anderson yeah, yeah, turned yeah. around and said to Sophia Coppola, "If he agrees, he'll do it." Like, he's a man of his word. And he said he phoned a bank and said, "Yep, I'll do it." But there was no contract. There was no uh, handshakes from like It was a verbal agreement. But, she yeah. started filming in Tokyo, and he wasn't there. He hadn't turned up. What? And she and she was filming, and she turned around to Wes. Got in touch with Wes Anderson because uh, I don't think he's going to do it because he will. If he said he's going to do it, he will turn up. And he flew himself there 
threw himself there, yeah. and then just did the film. I and that's what, he's, that's what he's like. That's what he's like. I quite like that. It's a bit like the Daniel Day-Lewis hiding out in the mountains making, making clogs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he does do really. See, that's the brilliant thing about Bill Murray. He's not Hollywood, is he? No, no, he's not. No, and I, I quite like that. I really do. Um, well, going back into it. Blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, Charlotte turns around and says, then, um, do you want to go out with some friends? And Bob turns up in his ridiculous shirt and she turns around and says, you really are having a midlife crisis. Why doesn't he just go back to his hotel room and change his shirt instead of turning it inside out and putting it like, oh, I don't uh, know. Is, is that a That's, trust thing again? Yeah, Vicky is. And I think like he's a bit, he's, yeah, I think it's like it maybe it's a generational thing as well that he doesn't want to stand out. But this bit is my favourite part of the film, yeah. this night out. Well, why is that then? I don't know, because it's like the wonders of alcohol... <laughs> it is that like when you you know you go out and when you get really drunk you have such an adventure mm. and like, it doesn't happen as much when you get older because everything's sort of the same in it but when you're young or when you first go into a new city you can have such a wild time I love it the way they're doing the karaoke yeah the way they're all doing sex piss and these like properly singing <laughs> I like the way they're in that bar and they're having the and they cause trouble in the bar and they're being chased down the road by that yeah. bloke Shooting that weird plastic gun. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's like a little BB BB gun with yeah, plastic. Yeah, it's that, that the actually just... just like running, just running wild at the grid of filmmaking. I just love that. It's like that world abandon, and they're both having such a brilliant time together. But then again, just as two friends, just yeah. having fun together. Yeah, because there's so many of I mean, when they go back to the house and they're all sitting there and they're all laughing and joking and there's a guy who goes up and tries to chat Charlotte up a little bit and she's like yeah, yeah, she's got yeah, that yeah. wonderful pink wig on as well which, which yeah. is amazing and there's a bit where they're sitting outside and I think Char- uh, Charlotte's sitting out on like an out, like in a hallway I think and Bob comes out and he just sits next to her and she just puts her head on her head on his shoulders it's just a nice nice shot that is and then a little bit later on I've done all that, but they're in the same bed. And what is good about that is that there's a serious innocence about that. Bob is lying on the bed with his clothes on, and Charlotte's yeah. just lying on her side in a, a fetal position, which yeah, again yeah. is mimicking the shot at the beginning of the film. And it, yeah. it's, it's saying, look, it's still innocent. It's still innocent. Now, you could you could think that, well, you know, would, would you feel comfortable being an older man in, in, in a bed with a 23 well probably wouldn't to a certain degree but it's not meant to be like it's not meant to be like us thinking in reality I mean we wouldn't feel comfortable at all because we're married and, and all this do you know what I mean but th- there could be opportunities that that happens and you think well it's just purely innocent and that's what it is and nothing is shown now a lot of people have wondered about this whether their relationship becomes or at the moment is it starting to become a close relationship or do you think it's a relationship like a father and daughter? Yeah, I, yeah. Or like, even like a brother and sister. I forgive him like a brother and a sister. An older brother and sister, yeah. 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 He's like looking after her because there's times when he could. I think it's a vice versa. I think she's uh-huh. looking after him because we'll she's the one who takes him out. I think there's a little bit of the elder brother thing at the end bit of that bit. But I think she's the one leading him amok. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Saying, look, this is what it could be. And he actually feels alive a bit. And when he goes back to the hotel, he phones his wife, whether yeah. that's out of guilt because I shouldn't really be going out, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. or just because the fact that he wants to, and she's just not really interested in the kids don't want to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can see that he's lost in his, his own life, really, which I think is quite... Yeah. I think the only thing that goes against that is the only little bit is when he does, when he sleeps with the singer and she 
finds out that he's been with her. Yeah. She's a bit offish with him at the at the beginning at the breakfast, isn't she? Oh, when they go for the sushi. Yeah, there's a brief little bit where they have a dig at each other, isn't there? Yeah. Because she makes a joke about, oh, she's more like your own age. You can talk about the 50s. Mm. And then he says something like, oh, wow, yeah, but you're just a little girl who don't know your place in the world. But then it sort of snaps back, doesn't it? There's that one little bit when I, I was talking about people saying that that's the thing that shows there's more to it. Yeah. But I don't know if it is. I think she's just disappointed in him. It's I not jealousy. No, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, there's a bit, I think just before that, I'm not too sure, where Dalina, they go with like their friends, Dalina strip club, and Bob's sitting there very awkward. And then, and then Charlotte walks in, and he goes, do you want a drink? And she goes, no, I think we should just go. And yeah. I think he says, like, well, let's, let's leave, and we'll, we'll never talk about that again. <laughs> I think you're right. I think there is a bit of, bit of upset, like, you know, a little bit of disappointment in it, because she, I, th- I suppose she thinks it's a bit like your dad's kind of like, you know, as you said, that could be the father-daughter kind of thing at yeah. that point, or the elder brother kind of thing, where it's like, well, you could do better. Well, he couldn't do better because he's married for a start. Yeah, so exactly. You've got. I think. I think I did make a no. Oh, one thing I did. I did, I laughed so loud about it was when Bob's having a shave, and he's got that yeah. little visor. Oh and he's yeah, yeah. Because like, you can imagine him to be and the shower being he's really all, small. Yeah, you'd, yeah. You'd be fine, but I'll I mean, it's like, I, I, I've had you know when you go to a place and it's like a really small shower cube, it's like bloody hell. That, that's yeah, what's there. Bill Moore is actually quite tall, isn't he? He's, you wouldn't think he would you, but he, he yeah, can, he's, he's a tall bloke. Now, there's a bit in there where um, yeah, Bob goes on that crazy talk show. Uh, um, and he, the only reason why he agrees to that is because of the fact that so he actually does get to spend a little bit more time in Japan. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's because he's had such a good time on the night out. I think this is all this is all to do with, this is actually happens before he sleeps with the singer. So he's had yeah. a great time in Japan. And he thinks, well, do I need to go home and start talking about carpets in a study? Or do I do that? Now, he goes, he goes to that crazy talk show thing. First time ever you see someone doing the heart-shaped thing. Yeah, 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 everyone yeah. does that heart shape thing oh. these days, don't they? Which is a bit annoying. Oh. Uh, but it does it on there. Um, he has that arsey charity. Now, if in the sauna, you get them two German guys. I've got the translation here for what the German chap says. All oh, right. Okay, so I'll read to you. Um, he says the Germans in the sauna. At first, I was really happy. At first, I thought, well, I thought at the beginning, yes. In Germany, I was looking forward to it. But in the meantime, yeah, now. Something German. Hmm. After this, we'll go out and get something German to eat. And that's what they say. Bloody hell. <laughs> so, as you say, Bob, Bob seems to be doing I do admit, right, there is, that, there is that thing of when the fire alarm goes off, that's the time that they get to talk to each other again, don't they? And they say, we'll never, we'll never mention this again. I am totally in agreement, right? Why would you go to a, a, a restaurant? I've done it. I think you have as well. Where they give you raw food oh. to cook. That's that sashimi thing in Japan. That's really where. But there's places like that that do that here now, isn't there? There's a place called On the Rocks where that where they do. I went to one in Portsmouth where you, you get given a steak and you throw it on there, and I'm there going. But I do this at home. Yeah. I went to a Korean restaurant in in Vegas, and I was like, oh no, it's one of these ones where you have to cook it. Actually, it turned out to be really good because uh, it was about ten dollars for something that would cost you seventy dollars over here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I am of the thing. You know, I can cook very well. Well, moderately well. Um, the last thing I want to do is when I go to a restaurant, is I have to cook my own food. I want someone to do that for me. Thanks very much. <laughs> um, now, this is where they say the goodbyes. I love the goodbyes in the hotel. I love this scene because it's sort of like we've all done it. 
you know, you have a night out and you've got all the people, you, sometimes you don't see them, like, like, like our podcasters meet up and stuff like that. I yeah. prefer to say good night, goodbyes, on the night on the when night, you're all, yeah. all slightly pissed and yeah. not see anybody in the morning. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, because you see everyone in the morning, you go, hey, I just want to go yeah. home. And I think you get that with both of them. Bob's kind of like saying, you know, uh, you know, I've had a great time. Don't really want to leave you because it's good fun. And she says the same, but she just goes into the lift and goes. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. I love that yeah, bit. Now, yeah. This is the thing then where you see Bob's in the taxi. He goes off. Somehow, I don't know how this happens. Charlotte's in the street. Yeah, now, yeah. She's in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For some, some reason, he sees her and they, they, they hug and they whisper. And they say, uh, they say goodbye. In the script, it, it says that they do say something. Now, what I know what they say. Um, a lot of people don't, as Lucy says, right? What, what, do you, what do you think, or you'd like to think, that Bob says to her at the end? Now, in my head... It's in, the says, whole, it's in the whole of the film, being Yeah, mine. you know, it'll be okay in the end. You've just got to get through this hard stuff. That's what I think about. You'll be okay in the end. You know, life's a long... Thing, you know, you're not, you know, you're still young. That's yeah. what my thing is like. You know, you've got to put it into perspective. You know, you've got a long way to go yet. What mm. does he say then? He says, "I have to be leaving, but I won't let that come between us." Okay, and she says, "Okay, back." All right. Now again, that that was that was not in the script. That was done on hack by Bill Murray. Okay, so you can you can look at that in two ways. And the only reason why I know that is somebody. Took the noise removal out the back of the back Let's of the soundtrack, boosted the sound of what they say. The trouble is with that is that you read what is being put up on the subtitles, and like a lot of these things, you end up then then up your brain listens for those words. Yeah, yeah. Not one hundred percent that is true. So let's just get that out of the way. That could be deemed of two different things. One thing he wants to see her again. Yeah, could be because I've had such a good time, or it could be meaning of something like, look, you know, we should catch up again. I think it's more the fact that. Let's look out for each other. Yeah. I think it's more that. I think it's still more that, look, if you need me, I'm at the end of a phone, and yeah. I'd like to have a chat with you. We'll, we'll catch up again with each other. And that, people say that on holiday. When you go on holiday, me and you have done this before many a times. We've met, met people on our holidays. Yeah. Oh, man, we're saying to us, you know, he's our number. You never, ever do, because on holiday, it's different. You care for it. You've got a great time. And when you come back, you're back to normal, and things aren't on holiday when you're at home. And I no. think that's what that scene's that's what that scene's all about. It's a beautiful scene, isn't it? Yeah, really. But he's doing really. it to me. It's fatherly, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So right down into his chest. It's like a father, isn't yeah. it? He's hugging her round no. the way. So it's like it's like a big hug about, isn't he? And because yeah, she's upset, because she's lost him now. Yeah. Because she's still stuck there, and her husband's bugging off somewhere, isn't he? And you don't know what he's really up to. Do you know what I mean? Because there's a bit with her and the actress, isn't that? Yeah, because he turns around and says, oh, I'm just going to go down and have a drink with Kelly. And she goes, oh, yeah, I'll come with you. And he goes, you uh, you want to come? Yeah. And he's kind of thinking, well, you know, that's a bit awkward. Or it could just be the fact that he just wants to have an open chat. Who knows? You know, oh, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, I love the fact that it's, it's left open. And I think it still stands up today as a, an absolute corker of a movie. Oh, it and, is. Um, it really is, and it was such a pleasure to be able to watch it on, on TV. I think, was it on Amazon or... It's on Amazon, isn't it? Is that... Yeah, yeah, it is on Amazon, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah free, free to watch it. So if anyone's got Amazon Prime, um, you can... Who hasn't seen it? Give it a go, because yeah. I'd say don't expect loads happening. It's it's not about that. It's not about no. narrative. It's about people just together in a... Like all the great films, 
put two good people, two good actors together in a circumstance, you'll get a good feel. Exactly, yeah. I, I think as well, I mean, so especially for Grant, who, who um, the film has really lost on him, um, it'd be interesting to see if he, after listening to this, and if he watches it again, if he's, if he's a bit more enlightened in it, I'd love to know what he, what he says. Yeah, about it. Um, again, though, I think it's definitely a film where, and I know, I know this is all going to say, how can I put it? This is a film where you shouldn't be looking at your phone. No. You know what no. I mean? There's, there's too much subtlety going on in the background and in the film. There's only two people in this film, and it needs yeah. to be watched without looking at Yeah, there's some f- films we put on because it's noise film in the background. You know what I mean? Transforms, for fucking instance, that yeah, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. there not watching the film. Um, but I think there's a, 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 a you definitely don't watch the um, watch your phone a bit. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to ask about you yet, uh, now that we've done the film, is have you listened to that podcast that you recommended to me the other day? I am doing it today. That's my thing today. So it's a three-hour podcast. No, I got I got a quarter of the way through uh, when we was at work on Thursday, and I don't want to listen to any more. I want to listen to it at work because I was thoroughly enjoying it. The worst thing is, is that Rolling Thunder is not available to watch on Amazon or Netflix. Oh. Uh, you have to buy it. So I've been trying to find out where yeah. I can buy it from. And it's 25 quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and what I could say as well, Meg, it's a really good film, but you've got to put it into perspective. It's a Tarantino love film, so it's very shoddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's quite sleazy. Quite it. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, sleazy, yeah. but it's got some amazingly cool stuff in it. One, one for the family, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, well, they've got an amazing whorehouse shootout, and he has a metal hook for a hand in it by the end of the film, so Boy, that's all okay. you need to know. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Well, then, mate, so next next month we're, uh, we'll be doing... I was just point out, sorry that this is a February episode, not a January one. We had technical issues, and it was just all over the place. Um, so I've we'll be back. Thing to interrupt. Hello, sorry? I've got a fact. Oh, sorry, dude. Hit me with the facts. This is good. I love the facts. Number one fact. You're going to act like you're surprised who we told you this. You've made good fact. But anyway. I've got memory loss. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Anyway, when when uh, Sophia Coppola was a little girl, she used to follow her dad round, right? This is where a lot of this thing come from. She got the idea from. And when she was like nine, she went for a meal in Tokyo. And at that meal was uh, Federico Fellini and Kurosaka. Kurosaka. Now, the two films they've done are La Dolce Vita and Yojimbo. They're the two films that have featured on the black and white TV unit. Oh, so that's a nice nod to, um, to, uh, to them. And, you know, she said, everyone said, oh, I bet that was amazing. She was bored out of her brain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, imagine that for a meal. Fancy Sport Coppola. Fellini and Kurosaka in a, in a meal together and you're bored you're bored you would be when you're nine now wouldn't you you would be I remember a story our mate at work Steve told, uh, Steve at work told me that he had his music teacher was really good friends with the guitarist and composer John Williams not the Star Trek guy but the composer and you know he did um, is it Katatana the theme to Deer Hunter yeah 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 he yeah. performed it in front of them and they took the piss out of him because like, he does a thing where he pierces, he, he does his lips when he's playing, like concentrating, and they kept giggling at him. Right. I, I he says later, when he knew who that person was, he just thought, "Oh my god, a personal audience with him." But when yeah. you're young, yeah, you, you don't, you don't, you know. We never had anything like that at school, did we? <laughs> Not at our school. There was no people. <laughs> there was no famous people coming at our school. No, they, wouldn't, no. they weren't allowed yeah. to the prison. There were some teachers, but there were famous rubber things, and that's something you didn't want to watch. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm on about then. <laughs> the five photos of the gym will fix it, so that says something. <laughs> All right, indeed. Well, thanks for um, uh, pitching in as usual. And I don't know what I said that for. We've been doing this show together for <laughs> five years. <laughs> you know what, right. I mean. I you know what I mean. You know what I mean. And uh, we'll be back next month for um, the Lady Killers. Wicked. And goodbye, all listeners. <laughs> Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. Tell me about the arrival of punk then, because that did not sit at all easily with you. It's true, is it, that you got in a proper dust-up with the Sex Pistols? Yeah, and, and there's always been a kind of misinterpretation of this, because at the time, Whistle Test was an album program, and you had to have an LP to, to appear on the show, Punk and New Wave exploded on singles that we weren't playing on the program. Plus, I mean, when if you're a, a young kid coming through and you're seeing this guy on Whistle Test who's now 30 years old, long hair, hippie, white, middle class, stadium rock loving, I represented to them everything that they were trying to break away from and, um, uh, and despised. And so this all then eventually it reached a moment where... A friend of mine, George, George Nicholson, a recording engineer, and I called into a place called The Speakeasy in central London. And it was the day that the Sex Pistols had signed their contract. And they'd been down at the A&M offices during the day, fueling up is probably the best way for me. When we arrived at The Speakeasy about 10 o'clock, I don't know who it was. It was a guy taller than me in a green boiler seat. That's what I remember of it. Right. But somebody came over to me and said, when are the Sex Pistols going to be on whistle test? And I said well, give us a call in the office. And it didn't matter what I said. He took this haymaker swing at me and all hell broke loose. Uh, George and I got separated and I got pulled around the other side of the bar and I had my back against a wall with half a dozen, eight, nine people coming towards me with broken bottles and broken glasses and stuff. And I thought, oh, this is it. I I really thought that I was going to be badly damaged in the experience of this. Symbolically, a group of People got in between them and me, and it turned out to be the Procol Harum road crew. <laughs> I mean, it's just the perfect snapshot. You couldn't make it up. I know. So uh, they, they surrounded me and got me out of the building. And, and people ever since have said, oh, Bob Harris hated punk. Well, no, I didn't. But it's hard to remain objective when what's happening to you is everywhere you go now, there's an element of violence being directed towards you. It's not an easy thing to cope with. Yeah. And um, no sex pistols on your list, we should note. Let's hear another piece of music then, Bob Harris. Tell me about this. It's your uh, sixth track of the morning.